You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched you watch work out in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick you and I run in that coach didn't take Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Martin Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial, the Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook at Martin Houston 35 on Twitter. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share. Let us know what's going on in your world. We're talking sports right here on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 as well. As uh, you can always take us with you wherever you go with the Tide 109 app. Download it on your smartphone, uh, your smart device, and take it with you wherever you go. Remember that this is a day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone. Be the difference you want to see in the world today got a great show lined up for you we'll kick off the second half with recruiting guru hank south 247 sports bama online recruiting so we'll want to make sure that if you have any questions regarding recruiting that you uh, stay tuned for that conversation Uh, you're always welcome to get in with him follow at hank south 247 we also uh had a poll question hadn't done a poll question in a while uh, but at Martin Houston three, five has a poll question up. We'll be discussing that here in a few moments. If you want to get your thoughts, your comments in on that conversation, uh, it's just regarding this week being an off week, uh, different coaches have different mindsets about how they spend the off week. And the question was, what is Nick Saban's biggest goal uh, what did he want to accomplish this week? Is it uh, getting over injuries? Is it getting mental rest? Is it player movement or is it coaching movement? And um, a couple of people had some questions about that and what I meant by player movement, coaching movement. Does he want to tweet, look at some different guys in different positions, move some guys around, try some new uh piece parts as well as potentially even changing some coaching responsibilities so we'll have that conversation here coming up in just a few minutes if you want to get in on that once again you can go to at martin houston 35 on twitter give us your thoughts and your comments hey judge i want to have a couple miscellaneous conversations um about a couple things i excuse me talk to people um on yesterday and previous days, and since it's open week, this is a good week to have some of that conversation. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, about the Pac-12 uh, getting back into the football conversation? It kind of seems like that that everybody's just kind of like, oh, okay, they're going to be playing, so what? Uh, what have been your thoughts in, in regards to uh, the Pac-12 getting back into the swing of things? Well, I'm always a fan of having more football, and so that that that, that – aspect is good. Uh, we'll have more football, especially in that late window, to kind of pick and choose from after the SEC kind of goes to bed. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, we, you and I were talking earlier about Oregon perhaps uh, being left out even if they go 7-0. and I think that Oregon might have a, a, a chance to go 7-0 and and make it into the playoff. I think, I think they have a good team and a, and a good program, Mario Cristobal. But as after you get past Oregon, I'm not real sure that they have many other contending teams that even... Uh, 
could look impressive enough on the eye test to get into the uh, college football playoff, even if they go undefeated. Yeah, and, and you and I, I think we both agree on what Oregon is uh, in terms of uh, one of the top programs in the country. Uh, I do agree that I think Mario Cristobal has done an unbelievable job. He was at Florida Atlantic or Florida which which one was he at before? I think it was Atlantic. Uh, for, yeah, it was either and, FIU or helped, FAU. I think it was FAU. That, he helped. He helped. He was the second coach, if I'm not mistaken. There, and to me, he was doing a great job. I don't know why they fired him. Uh, so, in his two stints to me as a head coach, he's he's been impressive. So, I I do think that Oregon technically would probably be, you know, top six teams fighting for that third or fourth spot. In a typical season, the question I have this year is what impact will this type of one team playing 11 games, one team playing eight games, nine nine games, I mean, one conference playing nine games, one conference playing seven games, what potential impact is that going to have moving forward if, if like Clemson goes – uh, eleven and one. Notre Dame go. I mean, ten and one. Notre Dame is, you know, uh, eleven and zero. Alabama's eleven and zero. Texas A and M is ten and one, and Oregon is seven and zero, and they get in in front of any of those teams that lost one game. How can we now turn around next year, Joe, and complain about scheduling? You see what I'm saying? I mean, like. Like, it's almost like, well, yeah, as long as you win, it's your record and not the number of games and competition. Could that potentially bleed over into, you know, future ways of how things are looked at and even scheduling down the road? I certainly think it can affect things, but I think the main uh, criteria is the eye test. I think it always has really been the eye test. I obviously know that you have to have a good record and you have to, uh, you know, you can't play Little little Sisters of the Poor all season long. Uh, but, uh, you know, as long as you pass the eye test, I think that you can get qualified in uh, whether you're playing a soft schedule or not. Uh, what was it? I mean, there wasn't many co- much competition for us in 2011 to get back into the national championship against LSU, uh, e- even though our, probably pretty much our only game that we played was that 6-9 to nine game. And then, but but the but the committee or not the committee the the BCS really understood that you know the the pollsters we passed the eye test they put us back in there against LSU, right? And I think the same thing happened in Georgia the, the, when we rematched against Georgia as well. Certainly, and, yeah. And, and, and hey, listen, if you can't if you don't sell it on the field, uh, like you know most leagues do, uh, you're gonna always have that. It's just. You know, and I, I'm not saying that I'm going to have a problem with it, with a seven and zero Oregon team, um, but it's really it really makes it even harder this year, Joe. When you say seven and zero Oregon, it's a good team and passing eye test because typically you have one or two games outside of your conference, and there can be some some comparison. This year, it's all about within the conference, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. If they go seven and zero, dominate. But the 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 there is to me, uh, uh, in, in some ways across the country in the football world, some bias toward how good the Pac twelve really is as a conference. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, and I'm like you though. I'm glad to see football. Uh, I love to see football. I'm one of those that I can start off if I don't have anything to do, Joe. Uh, if the Pac-12 want to start off at nine o'clock in the morning, uh, I, I'll get up and watch them, and I'll watch them if they play kick off at uh, eleven o'clock at night. So, <laughs> and so I, I fill my day up as, with as much football as you can. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this probably more tomorrow. But uh, what about Notre Dame Clemson, man? I mean, this game. It, it, to me, it lost a little bit of its luster because Trevor Lawrence is is out. Um, but DJ Ui Anga uh, Lale uh, is is ready to to, to play. Uh, I think he's going to be a different player than even what we saw in Boston College. Uh, how much do you think Clemson really is off 
with this guy. And I'm not saying he's, you know, the next Trevor Lawrence, but is is this kid potentially from what we saw the other day, he looked as good as we saw Trevor Lawrence look the year he took him to the national title uh, at this point in the season. I think the kid is really talented. I think that, uh, you know, he's got a lot of the tools and, and, and he, with a full week of preparation, I think if he just leans on his man, Travis Etienne, he's, they're, they're going to be right in that game, even without Trevor Lawrence and, and even, uh, on our, on our work picks. I, I picked, uh, Clemson to win. So I, I think that he will, uh, get them right, right through it and really be, uh, kind of the band-aid while Trevor Lawrence is recovering from COVID-19. Yeah, and and I I don't think that you know like that game against Boston College that wasn't about the offense. Now the offense did start off slow, but uh, you and I talked about that before we went on air. I think that was as much about them working him into what he was comfortable doing uh, because he didn't have a, a lot of practice reps, uh, live practice reps. Uh, so I think that was part of what we saw going on uh, with him, uh, but. I thought it was their defense that that you know struggled and special teams. There was a, what, uh, at least one uh, special teams touchdown call back, and uh, they had some some good returns in the special teams game as far as Boston College is concerned. So uh, I don't think Clemson loses this game because he plays bad. I think uh, if anything, uh, in book uh, has uh, some success as far as Notre Dame's offense. What is your opinion of Notre Dame as a, they're, they're, they're finally, whether it's one year or not, they're finally in a conference uh, uh, for uh, the, the season. Uh, what's been your opinion of, of them, and do you think that they make this game interesting, or do you think Clemson uh, is just a far superior team? I think they'll de- they'll make the game interesting. I think they'll keep it pretty close, but I do think that Clemson is the far superior team, and and, and without even without Trevor Lawrence, I think that they're going to uh, win the game. I don't know if they'll uh, win it handily. I'm looking up uh, Clemson's favored by five and a half, and I think that's probably about uh, the right, probably about a right about the right spread. Notre Dame coming in as the number four team in the country. I don't. I think that's probably a little high. Uh, I do think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think that Notre Dame's in that class. Like I usually talk about the college football monopolies that are Alabama, Georgia, the Ohio States, the Clemsons. And while I think that Notre Dame is a good program, I don't think that they're quite in that monopoly area where they're getting nothing but cream of the crop talent and, and year in, year out, they're reloading and uh, I, I just think they're right on the edge of that. They're more, I'd probably yeah. put them around eight, nine, ten. It would be much more fair, but you know, with the way the schedule is, and with it being Notre Dame, the brand of Notre Dame, I think they get a little more love. And speaking of that brand, if Notre Dame wins Saturday, and and Clemson doesn't have Trevor Lawrence, do they get a do-over? And then if they turn around and win in the bowl game. I mean the bowl game in the championship game. Uh, do they then in turn uh, get you know uh, the opportunity to get back into the playoffs? Meaning Clemson and is a uh, is it an uphill battle back to our Oregon? Would an Oregon have a hard time getting over a ten and one uh, Notre Dame team that lost a close one in a championship game uh, because of that brand? I think you definitely would have Oregon and Notre Dame if it played out the way you described where Notre Dame wins this weekend and Clemson turns around and wins in the ACC championship that, uh, and Oregon goes undefeated. I think you would have a tough time getting the Ducks in there in that fourth seed over Notre Dame, a one loss Notre Dame. But look at Notre Dame's schedule. Who have they played? They're, they're sitting there number four in the country, six and oh, but they really Sorry. don't have any, any, any good wins on their schedule. You, you beat Florida State. Good for you. You beat Louisville. Louisville, uh, a one and four. Louisville, twelve to seven. Good for you. I guess. I guess Pittsburgh beating Pittsburgh, forty five to three. That's that's a pretty good win for you. Pittsburgh's had had a decent year, but really uh, going through Notre Dame's schedule, even up to even after this Clemson game, there's nobody on the schedule that would really make right. me think, "Wow, I respect that win." You, 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 <laughs> so so it's going to be difficult for for for. Uh, for me to have Clemson or have Notre Dame pass the eye test, unless they really, really uh, hang in there with Clemson this week and in the ACC championship, and 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 I and I think you just said the key word there based on if if they're picking it the way you were just talking about, 
Oregon uh, may not have a lot of big wins. They will have better helmet wins potentially just because there's a couple of schools potentially out there in the big in the Pac-12 that you know may give them a better look. But but they may pass the eye test better than Notre Dame. So it, then it becomes eye test versus brand. Uh, and real quick uh, before we get to break here, is Texas A&M slowly setting themselves up to be that one loss team that has a great argument uh, if Alabama uh, is Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies uh, pulling for Alabama to go ahead and annihilate the rest of their SEC schedule as well as annihilate Georgia and our Florida uh, in the SEC championship game if it turns out that way. I certainly think so. It, it might be setting up that way for A&M. Uh, you've got Florida uh, sitting there playing Georgia this week at Florida wins and gets to the SEC East, uh, gets to the SEC championship playing against hopefully Alabama, as we're lining up and all hoping for. And say Alabama beats them, pre- beats them pretty good. You look at uh, A&M being the one loss team, having you know, and and they got beat pretty good when they played here. Four was it forty five to something, forty something, uh, yeah. where we we beat A and M. Uh, but I think that they have a good team, and I think that they may but, be the second-best team in the league. You beat Florida at home. You, you turn around and win the rest of your games. Uh, I think Jimbo Fisher is – they're making the best case that they can for themselves at the moment. Yeah, and especially since that game was so early in the season uh, with A&M. Uh, and then if they go on, like you said, go on into what, what they would have, a, what, an eight-game win streak or a seven-game – I can't remember I can't remember if they were our second or third game, but – uh, but they would have a, a seven or eight game win streak, uh, sitting in the SEC with the only loss to at that time, uh, potentially the number one or number two team in the country if Alabama runs the table. So, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, Jimbo Fisher maybe finally starting to earn some of that money they invested, even if it's in a COVID-19 shortened season, uh, you, you go nine and one in SEC, uh, you've had a good, good season. So, uh, coming back on the other side, we're talking about Alabama. What is Nick Saban trying to get accomplished in the off week? Uh, is he trying to get his guys back healthy? What's his number one priority, mental rest, player movement, coaching movement, or maybe something else. If you want to add to that conversation, 205-342-9904. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, we start our Thursday morning with a wreck on 2059 eastbound at the ramp onto exit 89. We see delays headed to the Mercedes plant. Everything else looks good. If you see conditions, just give us a call. It's November. That means spectacular savings, extra rebates, and top dollar for your trade. Cash in today at Towns of Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Another beautiful day today across West Alabama. The sky's sunny, the high 74. Clear tonight with the low at 53. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, the high 75. And Saturday and Sunday, partially sunny both days. Highs between 76 and 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at softmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Good morning. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show. Looking at having a little conversation around Nick Saban and what he's doing this week, but had a few comments from CJ and Curtis. You'll get a kick out of this, Joe. CJ said that uh, Notre Dame is always overrated, so if you look past the ranking, Clemson should win with a backup quarterback, and Notre Dame will drop from number four to number five. Laugh out loud. <laughs> Clemson is still one of the number one uh, four best teams, uh, even if they lose to Notre Dame. Uh, so several people saying that they think that Notre Dame may be overhyped, overrated. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out 
as DJ Ui Unga Lale 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 Lale. There we go. There we go. I'm I'm working on it. We'll get there. I'll eventually. It took me. It took me about uh, a week or so of practicing Tua Tonga Baloa. to get it right, so we'll eventually get DJ's name right as well without much hesitation. All right, let's go to Chuck. Uh, Chuck's uh, on the phone. Chuck, in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind, man? Uh, good morning to you all, as Aaron's doing, and good morning to the guys behind the controls. I recognize him as well, and uh, having be able to connect with you. Uh, you know, while you're on the topic, talking about the Clinton Notre Dame, uh, uh, one one person that's stepping up real well, uh, and uh, that young man has stepped up real well, uh, you know, in uh, Trevor Lawrence's uh, absence. And, uh, and also, uh, I want to give a shout out to um, um, Travis Etienne, uh, who, who hails from my state as well, He's from southwestern Louisiana, from Jennings, Louisiana, uh, between Lake Charles and Lafayette. Uh, he he uh, he's, he's now the ACC all-time uh, leading rusher. Um, he he broke a guy named Ted Brown broke his record guy from NC State and um, but Etienne has really stepped up real well uh, and and he's even he's even keeping things going in uh, in Lawrence's absence uh, and now the young man knows what to do in uh, situations he really picked it up in that Boston College game and uh, and one thing about it like I said I tell you the other day uh, Martin uh, he, uh, one thing about it you know the guys from Louisiana you know you had the guys at Alabama uh, I see Ron Williams on your team now I remember that young man when he played at Fairy from uh, the town where my mother was born in uh, Fairy Louisiana and. Um, and and I'm I'm just so happy for the young man Christian Harris and all of them. Like I like I always tell the the all these LSU uh, lovers around here and and around and others I know, tell them that hey look you can get everyone. There's uh, there's uh, a talent for everyone. Yeah, well I could tell you man if you just, when you start naming off uh, talent out of the state of Louisiana, if LSU figured out how to hold sixty five seventy percent of those players. Uh, in the state, they would quickly become clearly, in my opinion, uh, one of the more dominant programs year in and year out. Uh, Ed did a decent job one year, but it seems like uh, uh, everybody left on him in, in the next year, and he hadn't been able to maintain yeah, it. But uh, Travis Etienne, to me, uh, uh, I love to watch him run. I, I mean, oh, he, he runs, yeah. he runs hard, he runs violent. Um, he just has a unique uh, running style uh, sure that does. that has has been I, what I love about Clemson, and we're getting a little bit of that, Joe, and you can come in on this as well. We're getting a little bit more of that this year with Najee Harris. Is despite yeah. the fact that they have the number one overall pick, most likely they still are a physical football team that runs the ball, you know, their running game could go back and play uh, in in any era of college football. And there's a lot of teams exactly who, right. who can't do that. You're exactly right, uh, Martin. You hit, it, you hit it right on the nail. Yeah, you, you're right. So so I, I love watching him, him run the ball. And like I said, uh, I think we have a little bit of that this year, Joe, with uh, Najee. Uh, and and we're getting better, but Clemson has been that year in and year out. You're exactly right. Uh, uh, Najee has really stepped. Uh, you know, his freshman year he did fine. You know, he just had to he had to grow in in that program. And uh, I look at where Najee is now. I said it's something to see all of them now. Watch those guys as freshmen win the national championship. That's some all those guys are seniors now. Yeah. Yep. And and I think that that's also part of the reason some of them came back is. Uh, they were freshmen on that national championship team, uh, and they want to make sure that they they. Uh, a lot of times, you hear guys say that I want to leave the program in the same shape or better than when I found it, and that's what this group of uh, guys are doing. That, that's in their fourth year: Mac Jones, Devonte Smith, Najee Harris, Leatherwood, and a couple other guys. Uh, Dylan Moses. Uh, they are leaving right Dylan now. They are on the road game. in the path. Yeah to leave this program the way they inherited it. So it, it's, been, it's been fun to watch. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate you, sir. All right. You take care. Nice conversing with you. You take care. Yeah, same here. Hey, hey Joe, um, he, he, we won't have time to get into that, that conversation of what Nick Saban's trying to get done this week. 
uh, before we have to get the break. So I, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of the Etienne uh, conversation. Uh, is that what has has Etienne in, in, in its own way has the way they play offense helped Clemson to remain a, a, a good physical defense as well, uh, their style versus what kind of happened to Alabama, I think, under uh, two. And I'm not blaming two. I'm just blaming whatever you practice against, that's what you practice against. Um, and and it, it impacts how you practice, how you tackle, how you play. And that's why we, we sometimes call Alabama uh, the Big 12 of the SEC. Uh, but Clemson, on the other hand, has had that downhill, physical, dominant running game the entire time Trevor Lawrence has been there. Well, certainly. And Clemson has kind of had a balanced offensive attack, uh, really, right. in the last – four, five, six years. Now they've done some RPO work as well, but I really think that Alabama leaned really heavily on the RPO when, when Tua was here and uh, kind of sped up some things on the offense. And uh, uh, I mean, we, we, we threw the ball. I mean, we, the, the percentages were about equal, but the movement uh, of the offense was really on the passing game a, a, a lot of the time uh, under Tua Tungvaloa. Yeah, the the play calling, you know, and you and I have talked about this. The play calling wasn't what was unbalanced. Like, like there wasn't this huge like with AJ McCarron. We were at sixty eight percent, and you know, I mean, sixty five run, thirty five pass, and, and it wasn't that. That we were we were you know fifty five forty five under AJ probably and stuff like that. The difference is the way you play, uh, and in practice. Uh, with RPO, there's a whole lot of, of of run plays. Like I have a young man on on my run on our team that I you know I put him in, and I promise you, people go, man, you need to run him more. Well, what they don't know, Joe, is forty probably. We were talking about this the other day, probably thirty five to forty times when he's been in the game this year for running plays, um, it's been a pull where they they read it. They pre-read it and they either threw it or they read it and pulled it. And it's hard for so as fans, you're going, man, why don't they run him more? Well, I put him in and 40 times this year in in nine games, he didn't get to run the ball. You know, you see what I'm saying? So uh that and you add 40 carries to a guy that's averaging five yards, five, six yards a carry. All of a sudden, he's a different style running back. Your offense is totally different. And I think that's what we see with Alabama. And that's what you practice against. So you end up not ha- not being as physical in the, in the number of times you have to tackle. Uh, the offenses tend to go faster. So you're, you're really just thudding up. You're really not taking to the ground. So it, it, it ultimately changes the physicality of your defenses. And I think that's what you saw happen at Alabama uh, and Joe Burrows managed to do that to LSU in one year. Uh, I think you see that happen at LSU. But at the same time, Clemson in their run has been a very balanced, you know, despite the quarterbacks they've had, Deshaun Watson and uh, Trevor Lawrence and others, they still have remained a physical running team. And that's why I love watching this team this year, Joe. It's a physicality with Najee Harris running the ball, that big offensive line, but yet we have an awesome dominant passing game as well. Uh, Love football when it looks that way. Well, the line seems like it's actually controlling the offense, and that's what uh, makes it exciting because I feel like we can either – you do whatever you whatever you like, and I, it's just like you said. You, you can pound the ball, run the ball, or we can stand back and protect our quarterback and watch him uh, try to take those deep shots. And that's what's really fun when the line controls the offense and controls the game right there. Yeah, you and I have talked about this. Balance isn't necessarily how many times you run the ball in a game versus passing the game. Passing it is when you need to run. When you, it's when you need to pass. Yep, you're good enough to pass. You do what you go ahead. No, no, I, you just kind of cut out right there. I wanted to fill in that space right there. No, it's exactly that. When when you need to run, uh, you can get it done. You don't have to run. Uh, you, you don't have to do it fifty fifty or six or sixty forty. It's that right. you can do it enough times to keep the defense really off balance. Yep, and do it when you want to, not when they dictate 
to you. So, all right, coming back on the other side, we'll continue the conversation right here on your home for Alabama sports. We'll be talking with Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, we start our Thursday morning with a wreck on 2059 eastbound at the ramp onto exit 89. We see delays headed to the Mercedes plant. Everything else looks good. If you see conditions, just give us a call. It's November. That means spectacular savings, extra rebates, and top dollar for your trade. Cash in today at Towns of Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. It is now time for our weekly catch-up with recruiting guru, Mr. Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. Good morning, Hank. How you doing, sir? Hey, good morning, Martin. I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Hey, I'll toss it to you. Give us a, a quick rundown uh, update on uh, uh, what's happening around the, the recruiting landscape. Uh, Alabama missed on Saturday. Surprised or not, tell us about uh, Sage choosing the LSU Tigers. Yeah, you know, it was one of those announcements you kind of followed recruiting for. It's one of those, you know, who, who's it going to be? You know, a lot of the times nowadays, you cover a recruitment long enough, or you, or you track a recruitment long enough, you have a pretty good idea of uh, of where the recruit is going to announce for. Um, last week was kind of wild with Sage Ryan, the five star safety from Louisiana. Um, for for the longest of time, you know, he he was just penciled into LSU's 2021 class, and for, and for good reason. You know, obviously he has family ties to the LSU staff, whether it be um, Kevin Falk, the running backs coach, who's his cousin, or, or Trev Falk, the, the former LSU linebacker, who's his uncle, also his coach. Um, he's obviously in Louisiana. So um, everything kind of made sense as far as him potentially taking LSU. Then last week, um, you know, we started getting word that, you know, Bama, Bama was in it more than people were, were giving him credit for um, as far as, you know, a really a, a potential landing spot for him. It wasn't just, you know, Ben is in it, but I'm going to pick LSU. It was Ben was really in it. And then he announced plans to commit um, on Halloween. And it, it looked like Ben was going to be the pick. I think that was, you know, talking to people close to the recruitment and, and you know, around the recruitment, you know, he, he announced his commitment date with intentions of committing to Alabama. 
Um, but after that, you know, that was Tuesday, and, uh, you know, there's a few days left till Saturday, and LSU kind of went into overdrive um, to kind of turn the tides there and, and got back momentum. And even up until the announcement, you know, it was our LSU guys are still projecting Alabama, but the thought was, you know, this, this could really go either way. There was confidence on both sides. Um, and then he obviously ended up picking the home state school. So, you know, it, it was it was one of those announcements that, you know, could have gone either way. Um, I don't think Ben is going to stop recruiting him. Now he's committed to LSU. Uh, obviously, he didn't sign anything, so he, he's still um, a, a guy they're going to go after. But, yeah, just kind of a wild, wild week covering Sage Ryan's, um, Sage Ryan's recruitment there. That is an update. Uh, from this past weekend and kids like that to me are always kids that you potentially can see uh, a, a flip come uh, at some point, not as likely now with the early signing period and the lack of visits and recruiting and, and things like that. Uh, this sounds like one of those guys that Alabama potentially may could have swung over to their side if they had had uh, the opportunity and the access to have have him on campus and you know visit a little bit more. You know, I think this may be one of those casualties of the COVID nineteen recruiting world. We got Pat, uh, who is on uh, on with you. Pat, you're in with the Martin Houston Show, talking with uh, Hank South Two Four Seven Sports about online recruiting. What's Good on your mind? Good morning, fellas. Uh, like to talk a little bit of, of evaluation on uh, defensive ends. And which ones you think we're going to wind up with? Uh, uh, I'm seeing that uh, Turner and uh, Adele are kind of like uh, one and two. Oh, you know, as far as you know, if you'd be good with one of them, but you'd be great with two of them. And then versus JTT, and uh, man, he he just looks like he's just a cotton picking animal. That uh, what is your opinion on uh, the fact that Shamar Turner, his tape looks like he's an absolute disruptor? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you there on Shamar Turner. Um, you know, I, I think our guys are uh, uh, with twenty four seven. We're a little bit out front on him. You know, entering the spring, he was, I think, he was still outside the top two four seven, if I'm not mistaken, at least in the composite. And our guys put him up to um, sixty six in the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, uh, I think a disruptor, like you said, is a, is a great, um, you know, a great way to describe Shamar Turner. Um, really, I mean, you look at all, all the defensive line targets that are still remaining. And I mean, you're, you're not going wrong with any of these guys, whether it be Turner, Adelier, um, JT, Mason Smith, and even, um, Tyreek Sapp, um, out of South Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas. He's, he's currently committed to Florida. But, um, you know, he's a guy that's still talking to Alabama. He's even said, you know, if there's one school that has a chance to flip him, it is Alabama. So um, it really does look like, um, I know we spent a lot of time talking about Sage Ryan last week, but it really does look like defensive line may be the biggest priority of this um, Bama staff to, to finish out strong. And, you know, when you, when you have a, a collection of guys like Shamar Turner, Tanisha, JT, Mason Smith, Tyreek Staff, and, you know, who knows if another name pops up later down the road, but, I mean, if you get one or two of those guys, I think you're in business as far as completing that defensive line class. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Hank, I appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing. That's great. Uh, Y'all have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pat. All right, speaking with Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. Uh, Hank, I don't know if you've seen the picture of Kendrick Blackshire um, circulating around uh, Twitter. Um and it's a picture of him in, in their orange, all orange uni, uniform. Um, has he, we have him listed at 6'2", 245. Now, this picture may do him a lot more justice, but he looks every bit of about 6'3", 6'4", about 255, 260. <laughs> I, I mean, has, has the kid grown? Has he gotten in better shape? I uh, did did he have an injury the year before? Or is that uh, am I thinking about a different player? Yeah, he did. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. I feel like every, like every six months there's a new photo of Kendrick Blackshire that comes out. Like I, I we posted one at like in I think in like April or May. Where I mean, he just looks like he's ready to play in the league. Like he, he's like he's so jacked like, up and like <laughs> when you, it's a, when you actually, say league, uh, you're talking about the NFL, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> 
but uh, but I mean, I stood next. I filmed this commitment video back in July. I stood right next to him, and you know, I think I think where we have him listed is probably accurate. He, he's about six two, maybe a little bit taller. Uh, but you know, he I mean, he just he has such a like thick lower half. Like a lot of people think, you know, is he going to play defensive line in the future because he's just so like rocked up. Uh, but no, I mean, he he he's he's been out. Uh, this is his first. He's actually so he's at Duncanville. He's been in Duncanville for two years. But he's never played for Duncanville until this year because he had he tore his ACL prior to his junior season. So this is his first time playing for Duncanville, which is a powerhouse program in the state of Texas. Um, and he's playing really well. You know, their defense, I think, is allowed. I mean, they played IMG Academy, so you know, IMG Academy scores and everybody. But uh, the the other teams they've played, I think they've allowed like. 10 points total so far this year or something like that. So, uh, you know, he leads that defense. He's doing really well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just a, a physical specimen <laughs> as a linebacker position. Um, he does not miss any days in the weight room. I actually watched him do weight workouts once. And it, like, motivated me to go back and lift weights just because he's, like, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's an athlete for sure. And uh, I think Bennett got something special on him. Yeah, he's one of those guys, like, when you see his face, his face doesn't match – um, his lower body. In other words, he looks like a you know good-looking athlete from kind of the neck and and face up, head up. But when you <laughs> and you say when you see his lower body, you're like, oh my god, how big is this guy? Uh, but anyway, he he looks like a full-grown man. Um, and a lot of the tweets and posts yesterday were like, because uh, the guy who posted this picture said this 17-year-old is ready. Uh, to take over the college football world, and everybody's response was seventeen question mark question mark question mark, and I, right. I totally totally get that. Uh, in terms of uh, where Bama goes next, in terms of football recruiting, um, I know you and Pat had the discussion around defensive ends. Um, with not a lot of spots left, what, what's their priority um, in, in terms of who they're going to try to make sure they lock in? And are they? Do you know if their goal is uh, to try to have the class completely locked up, or will they leave a few spots for uh, February? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think again, I think that the priority is, is probably defensive line. Um, and, you know, getting one or two of those guys, the guys me and Pat talked about. You know, whether it be Adelia Turner, Tomolo, uh, Staff, or, or even Mason Smith, who's still in play. You know, I, I think getting those guys in. Um, is a big priority beyond that. You know, I think finishing out the secondary is another big priority. Um, you know, we saw say Dryan go to LSU. Like I said, I think Ben is still going to recruit him, but you know, beyond say Dryan, there's Terry and Arnold, who's been a big target for a long time. Um, he's rated as a safety, but another one of these defensive backs can, can really play any position in the secondary. Um, and then Jordan Gilbert, who's another, um, a safety out of the state of Louisiana, that um, you know, he, he's been recruited for Bama, by Bama since March. He got an offer back then, um, and and has been he's he has Bama in his top five um, with A and M, Oklahoma, I think Mississippi State's in there, um, and and he's been a guy that's been really high on Bama too. He doesn't have an LSU offer yet, so obviously you know if they go after him late, that maybe that could change something. But you know, Bama presses for Jordan Gilbert. I think they have a pretty good shot at him. He's from the same high school as uh, as Christian Harris and, and his close friends with Christian Harris. Um, so I think that's where, you know, wide receiver, you know, if, if the right guy is available and wants in, you know, a guy like Brian Thomas, I, I think has a spot in this class, you know, if, if he wants in. Um, and then, of course, Xavier Sori, the, the linebacker out of Florida, he's still a target too. So, you know, when you're working with three or four spots left, you know, roughly, um, you know, it, it's kind of, obviously not all these guys are going to be in the class, but um, there's still plenty of guys to kind of talk about on, on the, um, as we lead up to, the early signing period, and yes, as far as you know, are they going to finish this class out early? I, you know, I, I got to think, you know, they want to get all their commits signed, but, you know, you got to think they have to leave a little wiggle room in case, uh, I mean, obviously they have to leave some wiggle room because, you know, a guy like uh, JT Tumolo, um, even Brian Thomas, Shamar uh, Turner, those guys might not be signing until um, February because, you know, there, there's, there's a little chatter like, can recruits get back on campus in January? Um, so maybe visits pick back up then. Um, so yeah, I think there's going to be some wiggle room needed as far as, um, as, as far as room left in February. So we'll see. And, and, you know, I don't think the NCAA is going to move it at this point. I think they would have announced it already, but you know, is there, what's the early signing period even going to look like this year? Um, even though, you know, it's what, six weeks away. Um, you know, so we'll be keeping an eye on that, but, but yeah, you know, I think most of the 
current class that, as it stands, will be signed, um, if not all, in, in the early signing period. Hank South 247 Sports, but I'm on the line recruiting. Hank, I got to flip back to uh, Blackshire. Um, one of our uh, listeners on Facebook had a question wondering about uh, his 40 time. Do you happen to 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 know that? Is is is? I mean, he he says certified beast, but I guess the question is, uh, it, does he have pretty good speed? Uh, Looks like he's strong enough and big enough to lift a house, but uh, does he have pretty good speed? Yeah, you know, I don't think he's actually uh, done a, a, a verified um, 40 time. I, you know, how do you not have that knee injury this past year? Um, you know, maybe he would have tested in the spring. Um, you know, just watching him, I, you know, I, I'd probably say he's he's in the, you know, maybe low 4.8, high 4.7. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, room to grow there, room to build there. Um, but, you know, any any lack of, you know, he, he, he doesn't really lack any athleticism. You know, he, he can still play in space. He's one of those kind of, I mean, as much as he looks kind of like that old school, just run stop or linebacker, like he, he can move around and play in space too. So he doesn't lack a lot of, uh, you know, um, athleticism there. And, and obviously, you know, once he gets into the weight program and everything they've got going at Alabama now with, with the, the strength and speed training, you know, that's going to benefit him a lot as well too. That's what the guy said. He said, ah, it really doesn't matter anyway. We got Dr. Ray on staff to improve the speed. <laughs> so, uh, but but just looking at him, to me, he kind of in that height, that pitch I looked at, the first thought I had uh, was Rolando McClain uh, type of yeah. athlete. So um, anytime you're in that category, whether it's just on paper or by looks, uh, you're probably a pretty good football player. Quickly, uh, Hank, let's switch over. Alabama basketball uh, just seems to be, uh, I don't know if they're the flavor of the day or what, but they seem to be listed uh, in, in top fives all across the country and in, in top recruits. Kind of give us an update on where they are. Yeah, you know, uh, they, they yeah they have, they have been the last month. It seems a lot of been basketball buzz. Obviously, they got three commitments, including uh, J.D. Davidson, um, but – um, another guy that they look to be in really good shape for at this point is uh, is Charles Bediaco, the five star center from um, well he's from Canada, but he's at IMG Academy in Florida right now. Um, so you know, does he make a decision early and sign early? In the, uh, I guess you know next week. Um, you know that remains to be seen. I, I think there's there's some uh, talk that he will make a decision early. So um, you know that'll put Bama in the top ten, maybe even the top five. I don't have the calculator pulled up right now, but uh, but no, yeah, I mean every basketball list you, you kind of you put out now whether it be you know, top 15 or, or top six top five like the uh, album is represented on a lot of them so they've definitely got some um, positive momentum going forward so if they can put it put it together and you know kind of put that on the court this uh, this fall coming up in, in, a, in a few weeks um, you know I, I think that can just keep on rolling you know this staff has, has done a really really good job of recruiting even you know high school ranks and Ju- juco ranks you know langston wilson is obviously very highly thought of on the JUCO circuit, and you know they've gone after junior college guys each each cycle they've they've been a part of so far here um, in Tuscaloosa. So uh, yeah, you know it, it, there's a lot to be excited about as a, as an Alabama basketball fan. All right, Hank, tell our listeners where they can find you and what you got going on. Yeah, you know uh, BamaOnline.com. Uh, if you sign up today, it's a it's a dollar for your first month, so it's a good time to try it out. Obviously on a bye week, but uh, you know I, you know there's always something happening with recruiting. Um, you know, team news. I'll be a little bit slow the next few days, but obviously next week's a, a big game with uh, with with Alabama heading to, to LSU. So definitely a good time to sign up, try it out, and, and you know, see if you like it. All right, that's Hank South two four seven Sports Bama online recruiting at Hank South two four seven. It's a great follow on Twitter. Make sure you go ahead and make that happen right now. Thanks, Hank. We'll catch up with you next week. No problem. Thanks, Chris. All right, come back on the other side. We'll put the finishing touches on this edition of the Martin Houston Show with a two-minute warning. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we have a minor wreck on 2059 eastbound past exit 86 and Colin with minor delays. Traffic signals are out on McFarland at Rose Boulevard again, so please be careful. If you see other conditions, just give us a call. It's November. That means spectacular savings, extra rebates, and top dollar for your trade. Cash in today at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. 
Good morning. Democrat Joe Biden has 264 electoral votes. President Trump, 214. If Biden wins one more state, that will put him over the top. Biden hasn't declared victory yet, but his transition team is already working. Alabama's vote count has not yet been certified, but Secretary of State John Merrill telling us this morning over 61% of registered voters cast ballots by absentee or in person. That was just over 51% of Tuscaloosa County's registered voters. I'm Don Hartley. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom-shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, the Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back in with the Martin Houston Show. It's been a great show. We've had a lot of different conversations this morning. Of course, we just ended that conversation with recruiting guru Hank South, 247 Sports, Bama Online Recruiting. Uh, Bama setting uh, setting up to, to hopefully get uh, one or two defensive linemen. Of course, uh, maybe add a wide receiver uh, or two uh, based on what happens um uh, in, in terms of recruiting, only three or four spots. So it's going to be interesting to see how Nick Saban works this particular one. We talked about Notre Dame and Clemson, uh, about DJ Uyunga Lale and whether or not he's going to be able to take the Clemson Tigers over the top against the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish. And if he does, do both of these teams still make it in? Oregon's back in the mix with the Pac-12 plan. That's always a good thing. And then, of course, uh, we'll uh, have great conversation for you on tomorrow that continues. Uh, we'll look back at what Nick Saban's trying to get accomplished this week. We'll have uh, true-false. We'll also have around the SEC and around the country when it comes to football games this weekend. So make sure you make plans to be with the Martin Houston Show on tomorrow at 6 a.m., We do it every day, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 7 on your home for Alabama sports. This is the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Thank you for being a part. And remember this, trust in the Lord always. Lean not your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct the path. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, guests. And roll tide. We go celebrate and have a good time.